0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callis, returning to you for episode 485 on the 31st of August, 2023. And today, after taking the the day off, if you will, not really, but uh, choosing to wait until today, we have the episode, How to Destroy an Organization. Now, yes, this is multifaceted. This is a story. It is very much rooted in reality. However, I do not wish to name any names, though people that are involved should be able to figure this out relatively easily. Why? Because I don't want to be sued. (laughs) But the reality is this is going to be straight from my opinion, my thoughts. Just like everything else on this show, everything is my opinion on the matter or my understanding of the facts. So as always... I don't want you to trust me 100%. I don't want you to never question something I say. I want you to go investigate and look into this and decide for yourself. I think you'll find that I give a fairly accurate read on the situation and I do my best to remain as objective as possible. Though I got to tell you, it's one of those things where it's just very hard to maintain that. So if I get off a little bit on uh, the wrong direction or if I sound a little jaded or upset you would not be wrong I am a little both but again this is the story it deserves to be told and the reason why it deserves to be told is because it's happening right now and it happens in places all the time the sad reality is everything is vulnerable to attack at all times there are ways to protect against this. There are things that can be done, but sometimes the consequences and the um, actions taken in order to accomplish that could be even more detrimental than the situation you're trying to resolve or prevent. I mean, after all, uh, not sure that we want to go Stalin-esque. I mean, Lenin was bad enough, and then we're just going to amp it up a bit with Stalin. All right, so here we go. On with the show. Step one, I shouldn't even put it in steps because that's not fair. You find a group of disaffected people that have motives similar to your own. They didn't get an outcome they wanted and they feel like that because they didn't get something they wanted, that they need to take over. They need to assert their authority, their power. And you coalesce around those people and you create a cult of personality, a Reverence for one or two individuals and deem them so important that everything else must be subservient to that. Now, look, is this an exaggeration? Maybe, perhaps. I mean, if you consider what happened at Jonestown, I mean, it, it, it is a logical progression, and I'm not making that accusation. I'm just saying these are very similar things that play out in the process of taking over or destroying an organization. Or, if you will, creating a cult. So let's take a few minutes and give a backstory. So you have people that always feel like they're on the outside looking in, right? It doesn't matter what the organization is, what the group is. There are always people that aren't in the in crowd. They aren't uh, the ruling faction, whatever you want to call it. A certain amount of bitterness grows in people over time. Uh, they they crave respect. They, they crave acknowledgement and satisfaction. And it's really hard to fault people for that. I mean, I'm sure, but for a small percentage of people, everybody has dealt with those feelings or those concerns at some point in their life. So fair enough. Now, you can deal with this in a number of different ways, but honestly you really need to let a lot of that go. It, some of it's real. Some of it's not. Some of it, you know, can change your outlook on life or will change how you behave and how you act, but it should not turn you against the very people that you are working with. It should not be used as a, an excuse to destroy something. So this feeds directly into the idea of I didn't get what I want. So I'm going to burn it all down. We we're, we don't control it, so it must be evil. Or uh, they didn't listen to me, so they hate me. Th- these are all different ideas that flow out of this. So often what I find is when you get down that road, when you get down that path, you forget what your goals are, what the ideas are, what the ideals are, what the purpose of the organization is you become fixated on your own desires your own wants your own disappointments when this happens you're ripe the organization the organization is vulnerable in rides in the man or the woman with the solution they explain to you that the problem is the hierarchy here doesn't care about you the problem is we need to protect everybody and make sure everybody has absolute control and say the organization shouldn't be led by a couple of individuals. It should be run by everybody. Everybody should have an equal say. Now that sounds great, right? But it should sound familiar. There are plenty of historical actions or activities or events that were predicated on the idea that Everybody should be equal and everybody should have a say. Well, the reality is organizations, companies, they don't function like that. You can't stop to have a committee make every determination. You can't stop and run every little thing past a board of directors. There's a reason why you have a president, a CEO, a COO. These are people that are given a task and put in charge and told to make things happen. Now, that should all occur within the auspices of what the general vision direction and mission of the organization is now so long as you're following that along the way yeah certain things are going to happen that maybe some people are upset about some things are going to happen that don't go exactly the way it was planned and the whole purpose of that is is that you come back and you revisit the issue you investigate and see what did we do wrong what is the failure how can we improve now it's at this point that if you're looking to destroy the organization you put up a fight how dare you question what we did you you're the you're the ceo or the ceo you have no right we don't trust you you have your own motivations you're not following this is what we're doing and you shouldn't question it how dare you And then, if you're smart, you go ahead and you deploy some of the people that you consider cannon fodder. You send them to the front line. You send them out to question every little issue, every little detail, to obscure obscure what the process should be, right? Mm, Changing the agenda items, changing the progress flow, uh, demanding to be heard on issues that have already been settled. Then you go back and you find somebody else and you have them question every little detail, every little rule, just just so you can slow the process down. So you can, you can find a loophole or a problem to destroy any progress that might have occurred. And it's important that you do this. And when you use these people that you consider cannon fodder, that you use ones that look weak. They use ones that if you were to have somebody come up against them, they look bad. You want to put forth those people that you don't care if they get hurt or damaged, but it'd be hard for anybody to defend against the things they're saying or doing because then they look like the aggressor. And when this happens and you push back, you have to be very careful to push the idea that they're being attacked for just wanting to be fair just wanting to follow the rules, just wanting to make sure that everybody's heard. You have to make sure you seize that moral high ground. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. That's your story. You need to stick to it. You cannot let any other counter narrative be told. You want to make sure that you keep close tabs on the people on your team. You want to infest and infest their minds, (laughs) invest in their minds and infest in their minds the idea that everybody else is an enemy. Everybody else is the problem. You can't trust them. You shouldn't talk to them. You need to isolate yourself. And yes, they may seem nice. They may seem friendly. They may even seem to agree with us, but we can't trust them. Don't work with them. Ostracize anybody that's outside of your immediate sphere. Now, as you do this and your team grows, it becomes more and more difficult to maintain control. So you have to make sure that you mm, exaggerate differences that you highlight the degrees of difference that you that you make sure that they understand that those people hate them those people can't be trusted they don't want to talk to you they're trying to take away your authority your power they're the problem and we are the pure indeed you want to get them to the point where they see as everyone everyone else being the enemy and that they need to be chased off, that they need to purify the organization. Now, as an aside, I got to be real careful how I want to say this, but I'm just guessing that if you're somebody of German heritage, like I am, or worse yet, you're somebody that maybe is of Jewish background, you probably don't want to use the term or the thought process of we need to purify the organization. Just think about that for a second back to the story. Now, granted, this organization functions to do one thing, but you are now planting the seeds and changing the direction of what the organization should and could be doing. Why? Because you want to do what you want to do. You want to make sure that you get a specific outcome. And if you leave things to their own, you can't make that happen. So, as you've continued to disrupt, slow down, jam up people get frustrated. And this is what you want. This is the goal behind what you're trying to do. You're trying to drive off the people that are normal, the people that are just want to get things done, the people that are interested in the overall ideas that don't have the time and energy to make that happen. And as you you continue to do this and you push people away and you chase people off, now you're successfully programming your team under the idea that those other people they're just not smart enough to understand what we're doing those other people there they're lazy they don't agree with us they don't understand us they're lazy they're they're uneducated they're ignorant they're not qualified to be involved and make decisions you need to make sure that you're really careful how you do this because you still want to be able to recruit from those, those same people. So you want to maybe couch it in, well, they're ignorant. We need to bring them in. We, we need to show them what they don't know. So what do you do? You deploy people that go out and tell a good story. Kind of like what I'm doing here. But when you tell their story, they need to finish it with a sales pitch. Well, now that I've told you what happened, wouldn't you agree that I'm right? Well, now, now that I've told you what happened and how we understand it, you do understand that we're right, and you need to come with us. You need to put the hard sail on this, whereupon that there is no other side to the story. I've told you everything you need to know. You shouldn't question us; we're right, we're pure. We want what's only what's best. You need to come and join our team now again. Some of this should sound familiar, even if it's not in a historical value. I mean if you watched any of the movies in the last i don't know forty years. Search your feelings. You know what's true. Come and join us. Right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with here. They're manipulating and selling people. Now, me, every time I tell a story, every time I recite what I saw or what happened, I always tell people, hey, that's what I think happened. I think I've been objective and fair, but you need to go talk to the other people. Feel free. And if you find that I'm wrong or I get something out of whack, Please come tell me. Let me know. I have no fear of being corrected. I have zero concern about missing a minor detail. And while we're at it, while we're doing this, keep in mind, it is imperative that you train your people in part of their distrust and their lack of willingness to believe anybody else is pure that anybody else has good motives, you need to train them to not only record, but to question everything that that person's talking about. So even when you're having a conversation, you need to take notes. You need, you need to record it. And then if you're really good, you'll catch them. They'll make a mistake. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get a detail wrong. Now, if they get that detail wrong or they made a mistake in the co- course of a conversation that's an hour to an hour and a half long, you need to make sure you go out and let the whole world know they missed this point or they got this little detail or this little fact off or not a 100% accurate. And you need to paint them as liars. You need to create the idea that they're disingenuous and they're up to no good. And how do I know this? Because they lied. It doesn't matter if it's real. It doesn't matter if it's innocuous. It doesn't even matter if it's not pertinent to the discussion at all. You caught them in this little thing. And you you need to save that recording and play it to other people. And you need to sow the seeds of doubt and hate and distrust. You've got to seize control of other people's hearts and minds. You've got to make sure you pull them over to your side. Because after all, we must seize control because we know what's best. We we are the only ones that can be trusted. So yeah, this is happening. This goes on. And I got to tell you, it's effective. And because you've sown the seeds of doubt and because you've basically said that other person can't be trusted. Now the person you're telling your story to feels conflicted. Well, should I even call that person? How do I know they're going to tell me the truth? Well, you know, what's interesting here is most people, will occasionally get small details wrong. Or most most people will actually add additional details when talking about a situation as time goes on. This is both completely normal and expected. If you've watched or heard anything having to do with criminal investigations, the people that do the investigations have the most doubt on the people that are exactly the same every time they're interviewed. It is expected that there'll be more detail or a better clarified piece of information as time goes on because people are spending time thinking about it. They're reliving it and they're they're getting better memory. Now, sometimes that memory is wrong or sometimes that uh, memory as it firms up and clears up, it's on the wrong information or it re- remembers something improperly, but it's more detail, right? It's the person that tells the same exact story over and over again and never alters their story. That's the one that causes police investigators to question. Now, if you don't believe me, again, I encourage you, go do your own research. Look it up for yourself. There is an advantage to telling the truth. There's an advantage to being clear when you're telling your story to say, look, I might get something wrong. I might not have every detail accurate because you're saying from the onset that I'm not perfect nor do I live under the illusion that I am you're you're being straight with the person you're talking to now me personally I have a show I'm upfront with everybody I talk to both on the show and in person and I tell them look I'm going to be as objective as I can but it's not always possible I'm going to be as fair as I can even when I can't be objective I'm going to understand that somebody else might have a different understanding or a different motive or just a different point of view. And I'm often very gracious with those people as I understand it. But when when you're dealing with somebody that doesn't allow for any difference of opinion, when you're dealing with somebody that basically tells you that unless you agree with me, unless you buy my version of events, you're evil or you're wrong, that's a problem. Again, This is how you build up your team. This is how you create this dissent. This is how you create this trust within an organization. And then what you do is you start to antagonize. You start to poke. You you start to incite problems with the people that are in a position to fight back. The people that are in a position that actually know the truth. The people that have been involved. And you want to isolate them. You want to ridicule attack challenge. You want to get a reaction out of them. Why? Because as soon as they react, now you can play the victim card. You put it off on them. They're overreacting. They don't know how to control themselves. They're being mean. They're being rude. They said a bad word. You impugn their character, you attack them, you try and demoralize them because now they have to defend themselves and their actions rather than the actual problem they were addressing. We see this play out all the time. Just watch the news, watch every local narrative. The people that are often fighting back are painted as the aggressors. Let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, have you seen this before? Does any of this sound familiar? I want you to open your eyes. This is nothing unique. This goes on everywhere all the time. And yeah, there's different shades and there's different factions and there's different applications. But if you're part of an organization and you're trying to obtain a goal, you need to be very wary of people that spend all their time talking down or talking about the other people in an organization. You need to be very wary of people that find it more important to them rather than obtaining the goal, getting power more important to them other than moving forward on the objectives to getting the things the way they want them you need to be very concerned when somebody tells you that you shouldn't even listen to what this person has to say that you shouldn't even hear out this argument you need to be willing to ask them well, why what are your concerns about it what's the problem and i need something other than well it's just terrible or, well, that person's bad. You need to be willing to ask more questions. Now, for myself, look, I'm guilty of coming up with bad ideas from time to time. You know what's the opposite of a bad idea? Another bad idea. But you don't know they're bad ideas until you try them. You don't know that they can't work until you try them. Now, some of them on the face can look problematic. And you the only reason why you can say something is maybe a good idea is because it worked at some point in the past. So as I've been telling you this story, as I've been explaining how this organization can be destroyed, if if it's not familiar to you, if you don't understand what's going on, this is where it comes into play where you're at least familiar with some historical narratives. You're at least familiar with politics in general. And if you don't have the time or interest in doing that, hey, you need to go no further than going to pick up the book called Rules for Radicals. And you'll see that many of those applications that are being laid out in my story are corollary to different things they did in Rules for Radicals. And then you got to ask yourself, if the people in your organization or the people that you know within an organization are utilizing those same rules, those same actions to take out an organization, is it possible that maybe they're the problem? Is it possible that maybe they have ulterior motives that don't match with the mission and the goals of the organization? Is it possible that they're just looking to seize power? Is it possible that their ulterior motive, whatever that may be, is more important and is going to derail everything else that the organization is supposed to be doing? Is it not possible that by taking over this organization after they've neutered it, literally and figuratively perhaps, that they will feast on its destruction. Isn't that possible that maybe they're the problem? Now, I don't know this, and I don't know all the details in everybody's life and their background, and I don't want to impugn them any more than they have impugned somebody else. But it's a fair question, and you need to be willing to take a step of faith and ask questions. Yeah, I understand that. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, skullduggery. <laughs> but what about this? What about that? Or better yet, when they badmouth somebody else, when they tell you that this person's up to no good, this person can't be trusted, this person's done X, Y, or Z, well, first, maybe you need to ask somebody else that was there and confirm whether the person telling you the story is reasonable, rational. Now, you probably don't want to get somebody from that same faction or group. You probably want to try and find an impartial third party. But if that doesn't work, then go to the person that you're being told the story about. Have enough wisdom to understand that even though somebody's told me a very convincing story, and even though I think it's plausible, you need to remind yourself that you owe that person an opportunity to either defend themselves or clarify what happened. Now I've been on both sides of this equation. Actually, if you want to look at it, three sides, I've been the person that's been aggrieved. I've been the person that probably maybe danced on the line and, you know, impugned somebody else and I got called on it and that's okay. And I, I clarified and said, look, this is what happened and this is why I took, took it that way. And when I got a reasonable explanation as to why I was wrong, okay, I accept that. I, I take it back. Or, um, no, that's not a reasonable expectation. In fact, it just reinforces where I came down on that issue. So, no, the person that is doing this action is wrong. Then there's the you know disinterested or the outside third party. Somebody comes to me because they know, hey, Callis, what happened here? Can you tell me? And I say, well, you know, I was in the middle of it or I saw part of it or I, I, I'm i aware of what happened. I've talked to multiple people and this is what I've heard. This is what I think. But I really think you ought to go talk to the other person. I have no problem telling people that all the time. As a matter of fact, I have no problem telling people that when I'm mm, speaking of a person specifically Hey, you should just go talk to them. Yeah, I'm telling you this is what happened. But if you don't believe me or you don't, you should go get their side of the story. Maybe maybe they have an explanation I'm not aware of. It's fine. But more often than not, I have found that I'm on the receiving end of this. People literally make stuff up. They don't even have to create an argument or... Uh, give any rational basis for why they say, no, they just say things. They create stories. They, they manipulate events to make you look like the bad guy. And again, having received this multiple times, my response has always been, well, come talk to me. If you're concerned, why wouldn't you just come ask me? Nothing is more frustrating to find out a month or a week later that somebody says, well, Kels, we heard this. This is what they said you did or said or whatever. I'm like, why wouldn't you ask me? Don't you at least owe that to me? I mean, some of these people I have relationships with beyond just being acquaintances and it's extremely frustrating. I always tell people, Hey, you know, if you don't believe me, go ask this person. They were there. Go, go ask this witness. Or if it's something towards possible, I misunderstood. Well, why don't you go ask and talk to them and see what they have to say? That that's called being upfront. That's called being honest. That's that's called not trying to turn people against other people. And for those of you following along, this is not any hidden allegory. This is not any crazy story. This is life. I've watched this played out in the past. I I in some way was involved in a previous situation similar to this. And I'm watching it play out again. And it's just sad. It's disappointing. It doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to attack our own, but we do all the time. And when, and when we consider why our organization isn't being successful, why we're not meeting our goals, why we're not moving the ball forward. I would suggest that each and every person that is on that organization that is experiencing that right then and there, hold the mirror up to yourself. Reflect upon yourself. What have I done? What have my friends done? What part of this, if any, is our responsibility? Now, the temptation here is to cut a deal. The temptation is, is to cave and give them what they want this time. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. And for some things it's worthwhile. Hey, you know what? This isn't really worth fighting and arguing over. Let's move on. But at a certain point, you have to say no. If you don't say no, you're failing to do what you're supposed to do. If you're not willing to stand up and do the right thing, if you're not willing to stand up and defend your principles, if you're not willing to stand up and defend your organization, are you going to really do it when it counts? Are you going to do it when it matters? Are you going to do it when you have your back against the wall, either literally or figuratively? And I would submit to you, no, just because somebody browbeats you, just because somebody tells you a convincing story, just because somebody, quite frankly, is your friend and you want to do what they want you to do just to keep them happy. Let me suggest to you that you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your organization, you owe it to your other acquaintances to spend a little more time investigating. To determine whether or not this is the best thing. Or are these people actually working to destroy the organization? Are these people up to hmm, ulterior motives? I'm not going to say nefarious. Just ulterior motives. Are they wanting to derail the purpose of an organization so that they can get get it to do what they want it to do? And is that the best thing going forward? So I've... I've told you a story of what's going on. I've told you a story of how, in my opinion, you can and should deal with it. But the real question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to open your eyes and pay attention to what's going on around you and maybe see what's unfolding? And this doesn't just happen in organizations. This happens all the time, everywhere. Are you going to have a critical eye? Are you going to Embrace the idea that maybe things aren't always what they seem, but you owe it to both sides of the equation. Now there's a biblical passage for those of you that don't subscribe to it. That's okay, but it's wisdom. One side seems right and good until I heard the other side. There's a reason why there's supposed to be two witnesses before you convict somebody. What I would suggest to you is as an individual, as a member of a group, as a functioning organization, you need to hear everything out. You need to understand what's going on before you make decisions, before you lose your organization. And with that, this has been According to Callous. We went just a tad late today, but hey, we've got to make up for that day I missed. And I will see you on the other side.